Well, uh, get your sermon notes out. We're going to talk for just a couple of minutes, and um, I'm going to have you go to 2 Samuel chapter 9. That's in the Old Testament, 2 Samuel chapter 9, and we're going to look at an incredible, incredible story today, probably one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament. We're going to continue our series on Psalms, and we are right now in Psalm 103. Now, if you will look, thank you, David, if you will look over to uh, my right and your left, you're going to see that there is a wall that we are building, and uh, build that wall. We are building a wall, and this is a wall that declares the benefits that God gives us as believers, Now, in Psalm 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, and forget not all his benefits. I'm wondering if there are believers here today that have forgotten some of the benefits that God gives us as believers. Benefits are good. How many of you are employed and you have benefits on the job? Can I see your hand? How many know benefits are good? The benefits that God gives us are even better. And the writer in Psalms 103 says, Pine Castle, don't forget the benefits that God has for you. So we're building a wall to kind of just show us all the benefits that God gives us. And number one, he, he forgives our sins. He, he saves us. How many are you here today and you've been saved? Can I see your hand? You've been saved. You're free. You're no longer in bondage. You have been delivered, and God saves you. That's a benefit. Second benefit is is God God heals. We still believe in this church that God heals people. Can I get an amen? If you have enough faith to believe that God can save you, you have enough faith to believe that God can heal you. The cross forgives us of our sin and heals us from our disease. So God still heals. So he forgives, he heals. Last week we talked about that God redeems. He purchases us back and he redeems us and he gives us the ability to go back and recover what has been stolen from us. So God saves, God heals, God redeems, and today we're going to talk about God crowns us. He crowns us with love and compassion. Now watch this. He saves you for a purpose. He heals you for a purpose. He redeems you, and then he crowns you. You may not know it today, but you walked in wearing something on your head. Everybody walks around with something on their head. You are defined by what you wear on your head. And God wants us, watch this, to be saved, healed, and redeemed, and he wants, to walk, he wants us to walk around with a crown on our head today. Now, there's a lot of people 
that are waiting to get to heaven to get a crown. And I've got really good news for you. One day when you get to heaven, you are going to get a crown. How many are looking forward to that day? I think it's going to have crowns. I think it's going to have jewels on it. I think it's going to have diamonds on it. I think it's going to have rubies. I think it's going to be beautiful. And I can't wait. And in your notes, you'll see the scripture there in Timothy that that, that one day we're going to get to heaven and we're going to get a crown. But I've got really good news for you. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to wear a crown. God has saved you. God has healed you. God has redeemed you. And he crowns you for a purpose. You are royalty. You are saints. You have been inherited into the kingdom of God. And God expects you to live this life walking around with a crown because you are nobly. You are royalty. You are sons and daughters of Christ. What are you wearing today? You should be wearing a crown. Now, I did some research for you, and we got on the screen, uh, we've got uh, some, of the, some of the world's most famous crowns in the world. You'll be amazed by these, and we're just going to go through these quickly. This is the crown from uh, Czech uh, Republic. The next crown is, uh, these are the most expensive crowns in the world. This is a crown from Denmark. Beautiful. The next crown is the crown of Bavaria and Austria. And the most expensive crown in the world is found in, you got it, the United Kingdom. And that crown is worth $39 million. Can you imagine wearing a $39 million crown? How many know that if you're walking around with a $39 million crown, I mean, we got one here from the dollar store. This is $1.25. By the way, I don't know that you've noticed. They need to change all of their names because there are no longer dollar stores. They are now $1.25. That's where we got this crown from. How many know that if you're walking around with a $39 million crown, you're going to behave differently. You're going to carry yourself differently. You're going to walk into a room and people are going to notice you. Hopefully they don't rob you. <laughs> 39 million, that's a lot of money. When you walk in and you walk around, your behavior changes when you are crowned. And I'm telling you here today, there's some of you that you've accepted Christ, you've been saved, you've been healed, you've been redeemed, but you're walking around and you're not wearing your crown. You're not behaving 
like a king would behave. You're not behaving like a queen would act. And God wants you to know that he has saved you and he's healed you and he's redeemed you and he has crowned you to live a life that honors him and he has crowned you with love and compassion. I've got some things on the table here as you can see and and there's there's a lot of different hats that um, we wear. I mean, some people uh, wear not a crown but they wear a hat and, and life is always casual. Low-key, que sera, sera, and life is just casual, and they live life not with a crown, but with a, a beach hat, as Gary says, a fishing hat. Some of you that are here today, and, and, and here's a hat. This is a beekeeper's hat, and I'm not going to put this on, by the way, but there's some of you here today, you don't walk around with a crown. You walk around with a beekeeper's hat because you live life protecting yourself. I don't think God ever intended you to walk around life protecting yourself, wearing a beekeeper's hat. He wants you to wear a crown, not a, a hat to protect yourself. Uh, there's, there's some people here today and uh, that you walk around with a, with a construction hat, tearing things down, tearing people down, bull in a china shop. Judging, condemning, tearing people down when God wants you to wear a crown. I've got, I've got two up here, and I, I think it's ironic that there's two football helmets. One was given to Austin from a, a, a New England Patriot professional football player when he was in the hospital, and this is Josh Richter's uh, football helmet from Lake Nona High School. See, you, you don't know what, but I want to tell you today because uh, you're living your life and you're always in conflict, always battling, always hitting. Wherever you go, you strap on your helmet and you hit people, you're in constant conflict, you're in battle, and God has saved and redeemed you and healed you and to wear a, a crown and, and all you do is bang heads with your pastor, with your wife, with your husband, with your mayor, with your president. You're supposed to wear a crown, and, and you're battling up every single day trying to bash people. How's it working for you? It's a nice helmet, by the way. Thank you, Bob, for bringing in. I got this a couple of years ago from, from Russia, 25, 30 years ago from Russia. A lot of you have exchanged your crown for a, a general's hat because you always want to be in charge. You like telling people what to do. You demand respect from everybody and you walk around 
treat your kids like you're a general when you're supposed to be wearing a crown. And then you got you wear it backwards, try to be hip. Try to be cool. I'm not sure God saved us to be cool. I think he saved us to illustrate and daily walk in royalty with a crown filled with love and compassion. You came in today wearing a hat. I'm not sure if we got them all here today. We got, got one more. Here's a, here's a couple. Here's a jester's hat. Life is always funny. And some people hide behind their jester hat and they laugh and they joke because they're trying to cover something. I, it, it's okay to joke. It's okay to wear a hat on backwards. It's okay to wear a construction hat every once in a while, but you are meant to wear a crown. I told you to go to 2 Samuel chapter 6 because this is an incredible story about a king who wore a crown. In 2 Samuel chapter 9, David illustrated the beauty of what happens when you and I wear a crown. Now, this is what I want you to do today. I want you to to, to, to look at the life of David as, as we open God's Word here in just a moment, and I want you to make the decision that you're going to quit wearing a football helmet. You're going to quit wearing a jester's hat. You're going to quit wearing a baseball cap or a, a beekeeper hat, and you're going to start living like royalty, and you're going to start living like the king and the queen that God has called you to be. If you're still with me this morning, let, let, let me hear an amen. Second Samuel chapter 9. Is an incredible story. King David, I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes here version real quick. King, king David has just become king of Israel. He comes into royalty and he is now the king. And one of the first acts that King David did, and this was a crazy idea, he wanted to show kindness to the previous king's family, Saul. Now, back in those days, you didn't do that. Back in those days when you became king, do you know what you did to your, your predecessors, family? You killed them. You got rid of them. You sent them to Siberia. You didn't want to tolerate or deal with them, so you got rid of the king and his whole family. But what did David do? David sits down in his, in his royal throne, and the first thing he says is, is there anybody left in Saul's household. And his, one of his maids came up and said, yes, there is. There's, there's, there's a, a guy by the name of Mephibosheth. And he's living in Lodibar. But, but king, he's crippled in both feet. We don't really deal with crippled people in both feet. So let's just, and the king says, I want you to bring him to me. And so King David's men and women went and got King uh, Mephibosheth, and they brought him into the king's presence. Watch this. 
And King David did something beautifully. Why? Because King David didn't walk around with a football helmet on. King David walked around with a crown. And he said to Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth, I know you're disabled. I know you're crippled in both feet. But from this moment on, I'm going to take care of you for the rest of your life. And you will always eat at my table. What a powerful demonstration of somebody who walked around with a crown and lived a life of love and compassion. Let me give you quickly five points that will help you to live with a crown. How many are still with me? Let me hear an amen. If you want to be like Jesus, if you want to be like King David, if you want to live with a crown, here's the first principle that you've got to apply to your life, and here it is. You need to think of others more than you do yourself. See, people with crowns don't walk around thinking about themselves all the time. If you're going to walk around with a crown, if you're going to walk around living like King David and living like Jesus, you need to think less of yourself and think about others more. See, I love this quote. When you make it a point to think of others, life somehow makes a point to care for you. And what I love, what King David there in 2 Samuel chapter 9, he says, is there anyone left in the house of Saul I want to show kindness to and I want to think of others before myself? Isn't that a novel thought? How about this week? Just pick. Today's Sunday. We've got seven days this week, right, till we get together next Sunday. How about you pick a day this week and you're going to spend the whole day thinking about other people. You know how much we think about ourselves? What we're going to wear, what we're going to eat, what we're going to do, and we get consumed, watch this, with thinking about ourselves. I think we need to be reminded that life is not about us. And people, watch this, who walk around with crowns automatically think of other people. It affects everything you do. The way you drive, what you do in the grocery store, what you do when you are engaging and meeting people. You see, people that wear a crown, they act differently. And the first attribute of a, 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 a royalty is that they think of other people before themselves. So I want you to pick a day. This week, and not today because we're halfway done, so today doesn't count. Start tomorrow. And spend the whole day not waking up thinking, what am I going to do for me? How about you spend the whole day thinking about other people? Because people who wear crowns are crowned with love and compassion, and their focus is not themselves. Their focus is other people. Can I get an Amen. Second principle, if you want to live like a king. By the way, how do I look at my hat here today? Do I look pretty good? When you wear a crown, watch this. You look beyond the brokenness of others and you see hope. See, when most people see Mephibosheth, 
He was broken in both feet. He was crippled. Most people look at that as being disabled, but David had the ability. Why? Because he wore a crown. He had the ability to see beyond the brokenness and to see hope in that young man. See, some see a hopeless end while others see an endless hope. And people that wear crowns see hope in the most impossible situations. Oh, David, you don't understand. He's crippled. Oh, David, you don't understand the perception. What does that mean? He, he's going to be in, and he's crippled, and he's got to use crutches, and he's got to use a wheelchair. But David saw the brokenness, and he saw hope. And he said, I want you to bring him to me, and I want him to be a part of my kingdom because I see crippled people and disabled people and hopeless people, I see hope when other people see despair. And that's what happens when you start wearing a crown. You see beyond people's brokenness and you see hope. The city that Mephibosheth was living in was called Lodibar. That word there means barren pasture. Everyone else forgot about him except David. I like and I want to be somebody who wears a crown and I want to look beyond people's brokenness and I want to see hope. Are y'all with me? About three years ago, um, before Austin's accident, I started painting fish on driftwood. I can't explain it, I don't understand it, but for the past three years now, I have painted over a hundred pieces of artwork. Abandoned pieces of wood have now become artwork. In fact, I've got another one on the screen. Guys, go ahead and show that. That picture. Let me tell you the story about this piece of, piece of wood. I went with Tammy to Osteen, Florida, which is out in the middle of nowhere. She had to do an appraisal, and she asked me to go with her. I walked up to this lady's house, and it was an absolute mess of a property and a mess of a house. Walked up to her front door and knocked on the door, and... Because I had already started to see the value in what other people overlook, I now have the ability to see things that other people don't see. Can't explain it. Looks just like a piece of wood to me. No, 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 you don't understand. See, people who wear crowns see value in brokenness. So I walk up and ring the doorbell, and this lady walks out, and I introduce myself, and Tammy introduces herself, and then I immediately look down, and right next to the front door was a six-foot piece of wood. And I asked that lady, I said, ma'am, will you, will you tell me the story behind that piece of wood? And her face lit up. She and her husband found this piece of wood in the 1970s, in Tampa Bay. She said, my husband and I found that piece of wood 
in the Gulf of Mexico. And for the past 40 years, it's been sitting right here, right next to my front door. My eyes lit up. My ears lit up. I said, ma'am, I know you're going to think I'm crazy. But for the past couple of years, I've been taking driftwood, pieces of wood, pieces of wood that people would abandon, and I like painting fish on them. Could, could I buy this piece of wood from you? And her face lit up, and she said, absolutely. I said, well, how much do you want for the piece of wood? She said, $10. I says, you got a deal. And I took that little piece of wood, and over a couple weeks' time, I turned that piece of wood into something of beauty. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to be Picasso. I'm not trying to be Michelangelo. I'm just sitting there just trying to take abandoned pieces of wood and turn them into beauty. A couple weeks ago, I, I went up and visited a a missionary friend of mine in Alaska, Ron Coop. When I was up there, I visited his cabin and saw his ministry and was really amazed at what he's doing up there. And I came home, and as soon as I came home, I really felt impressed like I was, gonna, I was supposed to send him a piece of my artwork. I give all my artwork work away, give them to people. So I sent him a, a, a brown trout that I painted. And he wrote back an interesting note to me about that piece of wood. And a light went off when he wrote it. He says, Scott, you took that old piece of wood and you turned it into beauty. And he says, I want to live my life like that from now on. I want to see beauty when other people see brokenness. And God used the old beat-up piece of wood to inspire Rod Koo up in Homer, Alaska, to see beyond people's brokenness and see hope. You know what King David did when he saw Mephibosheth? He said, I see potential. And if he's crippled in both feet, that's the kind of person that I want in my administration. He will always eat at my table. Why? Because people that wear crowns see beauty in brokenness. You know what? There's someone in your family. There's someone in your neighborhood. There's someone that is on your Facebook page that people have labeled as broken and crippled in both feet. You know what God wants you to do? He wants you to take their brokenness and turn it into beauty because that's what people do when they wear a crown. Number three, you still with me? Let me hear an Amen. Bruce, come up with the keyboard and give these people a little hope that I'm going to end here in a few moments. Because <laughs> Number three, quickly. When you wear a crown, you take risks when other people play it safe. You know what David did when he brought Mephibosheth? He took a risk. This guy could kill me. This guy could bring in other people, and they could un undermine my authority. But David, because he wore a crown, people that wear crowns take risk when other people play it safe. 
And can I tell you something here today? I don't know what your story is. I don't know what's going on. But some of you are playing it way too safe. You got a crown that you are wearing. Take risks and do something that you've never done before. Why? Because that's what people do when they wear a crown. You take risks. Write, write these down. These are five reasons why people don't take risks. Number one, they're afraid. They're afraid. Fear. Number two, they don't want to fail. Number three, they don't think they're good enough. Number four, some people just love to conform and be like everybody else. Number five, they value comfort. And number six, they lack ambition. That's what people do when they don't take risks. They're afraid. They don't want to fail. They don't think they're good enough. They love to just conform and be like everybody else. They value comfort and they lack ambition. Everybody look at me real quick. I'm going to close here in just a moment. This is the message for you because you wear a crown. God has saved you, healed you, redeemed you, and he wants you to take a risk. Do something you've never done before because that's what people do when you wear a crown. You take risks. I love what Helen Keller said. By the way, she was blind. Security is mostly superstition. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing at all. Take risks. Number four, quickly. People that wear crowns, they will gladly offer mercy to others because grace was generously given to them. When you wear a crown, you give mercy. Why? Because mercy was given to you. Let me see just by you lifting your hand. How many of you have received God's mercy and God's grace? Can I see your hand? Guess what? Because you've received mercy, you wear a crown, and now you give mercy. That's what people do when they wear a crown. And David said, Jonathan showed me mercy. I'm going to give mercy to Mephibosheth because I've been given mercy. You see me wearing a little, a little, uh, a little thing around my wrist here today. It says, you are not alone. Together we fight. This was given to me by John and Diane Anderson. They couldn't be here today, but they sit right back there in the back, John and Diane Anderson. John asked me to wear this this week because he said Diane's nephew is fighting cancer. 39-year-old fighting cancer. I asked him about it, and I said, can I wear it? He said, absolutely. So they gave it to him. I've been wearing this all week. Seen it a couple hundred times and thought about Nick and prayed for Nick. You want to know why I wear this? You want to know why? Because three years ago, somebody printed up Austin's army, and they handed him out. And a lot of you wore them for years. You come up to me and say, Pastor Scott, I got it on. See, when you wear a crown, you realize you've been given mercy, therefore you do what? You give mercy. Because this church was incredibly generous and kind and compassionate, and you wore just a stupid little rubber thing around your bracelet as a bracelet. Now, because I have received that mercy, what do I do? I give mercy. Why? Because that's what people do when they wear a crown. 
I hope you wear a crown this week. I hope you put your football helmet on. I hope you put your construction helmet on. I hope you put your beehive hat down and just start wearing a crown and give mercy because you've been given mercy. That would be a good time to say amen. Last one. Here we go. Last one. When you wear a crown, you understand that kindness expressed today lives on forever. Kindness expressed today lives on forever. Listen to this quote. No act of kindness is too small. The gift of kindness may start as a small ripple that over time can turn into a tidal wave affecting the lives of many other people. And when you wear a crown, you realize that your compassion, your love, your kindness will go on forever. Now watch this real quick. Mephibosheth, his name means shame. What David did was he removed the shame from Mephibosheth, and he treated him with value. Watch this. Mephibosheth had a child. His name is Micah. You know what Micah's name means? Micah's name means who is like God. Mephibosheth's son was named because he received compassion from David. And that kindness that is expressed through your life when you wear a crown, it will go on forever. Because that's what pe people do when they wear a crown. I'm going to close with this real quick. About 10, 15 years ago, I got a call that showed me the power of ripple effect. When Tanya and I left Orlando in 1985, we got married, moved to Edmond, Oklahoma, and we had a huge youth ministry that we were youth pastors at. Three, 400 kids in the youth group. There was a kid by the name of Joe Lee Spears who was a hellion. You guys know what hellions are? He was an absolute mess, always getting in trouble, always acting up, just rebellious and crazy and wild. And man, he just, he just, I spent so many times praying for him and helping him and counseling him and trying to point in the right direction. And I never thought that my time and my energy was ever making an impact. About 15 years later, I was in Winter Park and my secretary came in and said, Pastor Scott, Joe Lee Spears is on the phone. And I picked up the phone and I said, Joe Lee, when did they let you out of jail? <laughs> and there was this long pause. And I thought, man, what am I doing? I could kick myself. I was like, Scott George, why don't you just say hello like everybody else? I picked up the phone and said, Joe Lee, when they let you out of jail? And there was this long pause. And Joe Lee says, Pastor Scott, how'd you know? I said, Joe Lee, I don't know anything, dude. I haven't talked to you in 15 years. I was kidding. I'm just, I'm sorry. Please. He goes, no, no, that's why I'm calling. I said, what are you talking about? He says, Pastor Scott, I'm calling today to thank you. When you and Tammy came to Edmond, Oklahoma, you guys were amazing. I appreciate your love. I appreciate your prayers. I appreciate you spending time with me. I appreciate you going fishing with me. I'm just calling today to say thank you. He says, I want to let you know what I'm doing. And he said, Pastor Scott, because of you, he says, 
I am in full-time ministry now, and I go all over Oklahoma in prisons and jails, and I preach all throughout the state of Oklahoma. When they let you out, I'm not out. I'm in there every single day, and I'm preaching the gospel thanks to you. See, you may think that people don't notice your royalty, but people that wear a crown express kindness, and that expression of God's kindness and love and compassion goes on and on and on and on. That's what people do when they wear a crown. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something this week. I'm going to ask you to quit thinking about yourself. Quit thinking about your problems. Quit thinking about you surviving and start thinking about somebody else. Wear a crown. Put your helmet down. Put your beekeeper hat down. Put your jester hat down. And wear a crown. Because when you wear a crown, it changes how you think and how you behave. And it causes you to live like a king and a queen. Now, I wouldn't plan on doing this, but John, come on up here just for a second. And we're going we're gonna to do something as we leave here today. That's kind of crazy, but that's all right. John, you and I are going to go to the back door. And symbolically, I want us to put the crowns on everyone that leaves just for a second. I know I'm going to mess your hair up. As a, a symbol of your royalty as kings and queens. It's not $30 million crown, but it's priceless when you live with a crown. That's why God has saved you and healed you and delivered you. Put your hat down and start wearing a crown. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen.